Chapter One of The Lion's Brood. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Lion's Brood by Duffield Osborne. Chapter One News A troop of pipe players to Minerva on the Ides of June, if we win, and my household to Mars, if we have lost. The speakers were hurrying along the street that leads down from the Palatine Hill toward the Forum, and both were young. Their high shoes fastened with quadruple thongs and adorned with small silver crescents proclaimed their patrician rank. "'Why do you vow as if the gods had already passed judgment, Lucius?' "'Because, my Caius, I am very sure that a battle has been fought.' why else do these rumours mean that they are flying through the city rumours that none can trace to a source it is only a few minutes since my freed man attius told me how the slaves report that our neighbour marcus sabrius rode in last night through the ratumenian gate and when i sent to his house to inquire the doorkeeper feigned ignorance that is only one of a hundred tales note the crowd thickening around us as we approach the forum and how all are pressing in the same direction study their faces and doubt what i say if you can but is it victory or defeat answer me your own question caius is victory or defeat the word that men do not dare to utter the face of caius became grave then suddenly he burst out with you are right i see it all now even as you speak and what hope had we from the first? Who was the demagogue Flaminius that he should command our army, going forth without the auspices, a consul that was no consul at all in the sight of the gods? Then, too, there were the warnings that poured in from all the country, the ships in the sky, the crow alighting on the couch in the temple of Juno, the stones rayed in Picinum foolish stories my caius the dreams of ignorant rustics replied lucius smiling faintly besides you remember they were all expiated and who knows that they were expiated truly croaked an old woman from a booth by the road who does not know that as varro says your patrician magistrates would rather lose a battle than that a plebeian consul should triumph varbo the butcher dreamed last night that his son's blood was drenching his bed and when he awoke it was water from the roof and arates the greek soothsayer says that varbo's son has been slain in the water and his blood but the young patricians who had halted a moment at the interruption now hurried on with an expression of contempt on their faces that is what flaminius stands for resumed lucius after a moment of silence how can we look for success when such men are raised to the command merely because they are such men and when a fabius and a claudius are set aside because their fathers fathers led the armies of the republic to victory in the days when this rabble were the slaves they should still be the friends had turned into the sacred way a moment later they arrived at the forum lined with its rows of booths nestled away beneath massive porticoes of peperino 
and with its coloured temples standing like divine sentinels about or sweeping away up the rugged slope of the capitoline to where the great fane of jupiter capitolinus shed its protecting glory over the destinies of rome below the broad expanse of forum and comitia was thronged with a surging crowd patricians and plebeians elbowing and pushing one another in mad efforts to get closer to the rostra and to a small group of magistrates who with grave faces were clustered at the foot of its steps these latter spoke to each other in whispers but such a babble of sound swelled up around them that they might safely have screamed without fear of being overheard the booths were emptied of their cooks and butchers and silversmiths waving arms and the flutter of robes emphasized the discussions going on on every side here a rumour-monger was telling his tale to a gaping cluster of pallid faces there a plebeian pot-house orator was arraigning the upper classes to a circle of lowering brows and clenched fists while the sneering face of some passing patrician told of a disdain beyond words as he gathered his toga closer to avoid the contamination of the rabble one sentiment however seemed to prevail over all and beside it curiosity party rancour wrath and contempt were as nothing it was anxiety sharpened even into dread that brooded everywhere and controlled all other passions while itself threatening at every moment to sweep away the barriers and to loose the warm southern blood of the citizens into a seething flood of furious riot or headlong panic the two young men had descended into this maelstrom of popular excitement and were making such headway as they could toward the central point of interest now and again they passed friends who either looked straight into their faces without a sign of recognition or else burst out into floods of information prayers for news or vouchsafings of it news good or bad true or false perhaps three-fourths of the distance had been covered at the expense of torn togas and bruised sides when a sudden commotion in front showed that something was happening the next moment the hard stern face of marcus pomponius matho the praetor peregrinus rose above the crowd and then the broad purple band upon his toga as he mounted the steps of the rostra it seemed hours almost days that he stood there grave and silent looking down into the sea of upturned faces while the roar of the multitude died away into a gentle murmur and then into a silence so oppressive that each man seemed to be holding his breath once the magistrate's lips moved but no words came from them and strange noises as of the clenching of teeth and sharp quick breathing rose all about then a voice came from his mouth the very calmness of which seemed terrible quirites we have been beaten in a great battle our army is destroyed and caius flaminius the consul is killed for a moment there was stillness deeper almost than before as if the lead-like words were sinking slowly but steadily along passage and nerve down to the central seats of consciousness then burst forth a sound as of a single groan the groan of jupiter himself in mortal anguish and then the noise of women weeping 
the shrieking treble of age and the rumbling murmur of curses and execrations against senate and nobles against the rabble and their dead leader but above all against carthage and her terrible captain who are these men that slay consuls and destroy armies piped the shrill voice of an aged cripple who had struggled up from where he sat upon the steps of castor and was shaking the stump of a wrist toward the north are they not the men who surrendered sicily that we might let them escape from us at eryx did they not give up their ships and pay us tribute and scurry out of sardinia that rome might spare them i i who am talking to you have seen their armies naked barbarians from the deserts naked barbarians from the woods not one well-armed man in five a rabble with a score of languages to whom no general can talk they to destroy the army of rome in her own land what crime have we committed that the gods should deal with us thus but the great beasts that tear up the ranks put in a young butcher one of the circle who had been drawn together about the veteran how did his elephants save pyrrhus and then we saw them for the first time retorted the cripple you forget that was before rome had become the prey of demagogues before she had flimini for consuls all turned toward the new speaker the young patrician whom his companion had called lucius he was a man perhaps twenty-five years of age of middle height sparely built but as if of tempered steel with strong commanding features and dark hawk-like eyes that were now glittering with passion it was not a handsome face except so far as strength and pride make masculine beauty but it was the face of one whom a man might trust and a woman love the butcher was on the point of returning an angry retort half to hide his awe of the other's rank when a friend caught him by the arm do you not see it is lucius sergius fidenus he whispered the result of the warning was still doubtful when a sudden commotion in the crowd about them drew the attention of all to a short thick-set man of middle age in the light panoply of a mounted legionary cries went up from all about it is marcus decius he is from the army tell us what news for answer the newcomer turned from one to the other of his questioners with a dazed expression on his pale drawn face what shall i say neighbours he muttered at last my horse fell out there on the flaminian road and i came here on foot i have eaten nothing for a day but they paid no attention to his wants thronging around with almost threatening gestures and crying what news what news not of yourself of the army of the battle there was no battle and there is no army said the man dully sergius forced his way to the front and threw one arm about the soldier then turning to the crowd stand back he cried and give him air do you not see the fellow is fainting no battle and yet no army repeated decius in a murmuring monotone when for a moment there was silence and space around him we marched by the lake tresimenus and the fog lay thick upon us then came a noise of shouts and a and clash of arms and shrieks but we saw nothing 
only sometimes a great white naked body swinging a huge sword and again a black man buried in his horse's mane that waved about him as he rushed by only these things and our own men falling falling without ever a chance to strike or to see whence we were stricken the crowd shuddered and the elephants i did not see them they say they are all dead and the consul i do not know and then the cripple from the steps was pushed forward flaminius is dead he died fighting as a roman consul should but you what are you to let the pulse-eaters at him you should have seen how we dealt with them off the Igusian islands or at drepana sneered the horseman roused from his lethargy by the other's taunt that was what a patrician consul brought us to muttered the cripple glancing at sergius do you know what the claudian did when the sacred chickens would not eat he cried out then they shall drink and ordered them thrown overboard how could soldiers win when an impious commander had first challenged the gods and what about flaminius ordering our standards to be dug up when they could be drawn from the earth retorted the other did he do that asked several and for a moment the feeling that had been with the cripple and against the victim of this latest disaster seemed divided sergius perceived only too clearly that in the present temper of men's minds the faintest spark could light fires of riot and murder that might leave but a heap of ashes and corpses for the carthaginian to gain taking advantage of the momentary lull he said in conciliatory tones flaminius neglected the auspices and disaster came upon us from his impiety but it appears that he died like a brave soldier and he is a whip-knave who strikes at such as for this man he needs succour and care stand aside then that i may take him where his wants may be ministered to there will soon be plenty of fugitives to fill your ears with tales not many master not many murmured decius as the young man forced away for them through the crowd some are taken but most lie in the defile of trasimenus or under the waters of the lake sergius hurried on thinking of varbo the butcher's dream and of arates the greek soothsayer's interpretation End of chapter 1